you're amazing. You're still here. You have been through so much. You've endured so much. You're so resilient. You're so powerful. You're so strong. I'm in awe of you. Hello and welcome to the Mind Detox Podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Newbigging. For today's episode, I'm sharing one of my most recent online club meetings, which you can start your 30-day free trial of at minddetox.club. I begin by talking about several scientifically proven benefits of feeling gratitude, including increasing the immune system and improving self-esteem and happiness. I then reveal the often unseen gifts that can be found within eight common life experiences that most people would initially consider to only be problems. Stay tuned for this very uplifting episode with insights and opportunities to feel grateful and cultivate a greater attitude of gratitude. The theme this month inside the club is gifts, gifts. And what I want for you um, by the time we end today's webinar is that you leave this meeting with an expanded sense of richness and a greater attitude of gratitude. That's my desire for you. I hope that this is going to be a feel-good session. I think you're going to leave here feeling good. We're going to chance to uh, purify our perceptions and see things that we might have uh, seen as problems more as presents. And we're going to go through uh, an exercise later on that I'm calling the appreciation audit, uh, which is a nice exercise that we're going to do. Um, and my goal with you today is to share a number of gifts that we can often initially see as unwanted life situations and experiences. So my intention with you today is to highlight some things that can happen to, for all of us. We've all had these uh, common experiences and we're gonna have one of these uh, rebranding moments for these things that we often call problems. And we're gonna see if we can uh, experience them more as gifts. Now, this isn't all just about positive thinking. There's obviously times when we might need to fix, change and improve. Uh, say what's there to be said, do what's there to be done, make certain changes or whatever. But that's kind of my point as we go through the, the process, that some things that we see as problems are actually there to help us to make a shift, to see things we haven't seen before or whatever. Now, in order to set the context for the conversation, I want to start by talking about gratitude. Now, it's not actually something we talk about much inside the, the, this club. Um, it's probably the first time that I actually I'm going to share with you some research about gratitude. I think when, you know, I, I, we, we kind of all intrinsically know that it's good to be grateful. We've probably heard it. You know, if, even if you're like on your first two steps of any self-help journey, you've probably stumbled across gratitude uh, at some point. It is so... Uh, common and widely used and people are talking about gratitude journals and creating an attitude to gratitude and all that sort of stuff. Well, 
let's start with a little conversation about gratitude. Is that okay? Can I have a thumbs up from the people I can see at the top of my screen? I'm going to start with some research I've shared before and then go into other research. And to be honest, there's a lot of research studies, probably about 25 research studies that I'm going to be referring to in the next few minutes. However, I'm not going to refer to them by name. If you need the sources, reach out. I can send you uh, the sources. But um, I'm not going to say David and Peter in 1997 in their study found this or whatever. I'm not going to do that. I just want you to have the, the headlines. I feel that's more important, really. Um, so anyway, back to what I've shared with you before. Heart Math Institute It's one of the first things I, I came across many years ago in the context of gratitude. And they found very simply that five minutes of gratitude, dwelling and thinking about things that are great, make you feel grateful, um, can not only help you create heart coherence, which we talked about last month, the importance of heart coherence is because a coherent, a coherent heart is telling the brain that uh, things are safer and you can start switching off fight flight response and you can start and not releasing all these stress hormones into the body and all that sort of stuff. So heart coherence is very useful. But also they found that five minutes of gratitude had the power to double a particular part of the immune system uh, that's found in the mouth, in the saliva. It's called saliva inuglobulin A. And they found that just five minutes of genuinely feeling appreciation could double the levels of that um, immune uh, part of the immune system for up to five years, five years, five hours, five hours. <laughs> I almost said five years, five hours. So it took five hours just to get back to where it was before just the five minutes of gratitude. Isn't that amazing? I think that's a, this is one of the, I start with that because it's just such clear and relevant. You know, who doesn't want a stronger immune system? Um, relevant and clear uh, research. Uh, that we can all benefit from and it and the good news it's five minutes it's not like you've got to spend five hours a day doing this to try and make an impact it's five minutes um, now i'm going to share with you at some point a new meditation which will help you to do exactly that as well so you can do it on your own but i'm also going to provide a, a meditation really soon uh, for you to do that too if you wish to but here's the interesting thing with the heart math research they also found that uh, five minutes of anger and frustration can do the opposite. And it takes about five hours to get, again, back to what it was before the anger and frustration. So, again, this is not so you freak out and go, oh, my God, I just got angry at that person. I'm now going to catch the flu or whatever. And that's not the purpose of what I'm saying. I'm saying the body it responds uh, equally with, with downward spiraling uh, emotional frequencies as it does to upward aspiring like gratitude like love like praise so good start can we are we are we, are we happy with that we have the starting blocks with the research as to why we want to be thankful um in 2017 there was a study can't remember who did it i've got the notes uh, somewhere and they found that uh, people that were doing gratitude journals uh, reduced certain markers that were linked with heart failure so that's kind of useful to know um, that the certain markers that the that can indicate the potential for heart failure these markers were reduced through um, and that was compared to the group control group all these studies have a control group that did no gratitude so it's all compared uh, to the control group that did no gratitude 
Other health benefits have been found that gratitude can reduce blood pressure. I do actually have a, a note of that one because that was a study back in 1977. I had to put that one in. 1977, you think this is all kind of new age, new, you know, in the last couple of years, but people have been researching this for quite a while. And in that study, they talked to, they said, do you want a healthy heart? Count your blessings. That's what they wrote in that study. Want a healthy heart? Count your blessings. And that's a really nice phrase. So I wanted to put it in for you. Um, gratitude has been found to improve uh, people's sleep, the ability to sleep. Um, and also, interestingly, increase the likelihood and frequency frequency of exercise. I wanted to share with you, with you because it was kind of stood out for me. That's pretty cool. People that are practicing gratitude are more prone to exercise more. I'm just saying, if you find it hard to find the motivation to exercise, maybe you can start with gratitude. Science has shown that it can increase the frequency of exercise. Um, gratitude has been found to obviously reduce depression, but it, it gen, you know, like based on percentages and markers and studies um, and make us happier. And one of the reasons I, uh, for that is the, the classic phrase there, neurons that fire together wire together okay neurons that fire together wire together so obviously if you are actively focusing much more on things that are present and here and good and you're grateful for these neurons that you're using to do that are going to start wiring together they're going to come stronger and stronger and the tendency when energy moves through your circuits they're going to start to want to move through these circuits more instead of the negative thinking circuits and the negative circuits start to lose their power. They're not being fired so much. And so they're no longer the preferred pathway for energy moving uh, through you. So that's pretty cool. Reducing depression, making us happier. Gratitude has been found to improve life satisfaction and life, uh, sorry, life satisfaction and self-esteem. Self-esteem. I thought that was really cool. Because what happens with gratitude is you're looking to find what's good and right and better and things to be appreciative of in relationship with your life circumstances. And as you start to open your eyes to the gifts uh, that are coming your way and that are currently present in your life circumstances, naturally, you start feeling better about yourself. There's a direct correlation between how your circumstances tend to be going and how you're feeling about yourself. Why? Well, probably because of the kind of the human habit of berating ourselves, being quite self-violent and blaming ourselves for everything if we possibly can. So potentially as, as we start to start to see a more rosy life, we start to see not just the thorns, but the entire uh, flower. We start to see the entire rose. Um, naturally, we just start feeling better about ourselves in the context of that, which I thought was pretty cool, don't you think? It's pretty cool. It goes without saying, but again, gratitude has been found to improve relationships. Yes, there's been studies done comparing couples that praise um, are grateful to each other and share their gratitude for each other versus couples that don't. In fact, um, one study put some couples in a room and they were being observed and they were asked just to talk about uh, a life, um, a, a relationship issue. And they found that in the couples where gratitude 
appreciation, kindness, consideration, uh, forgiveness. In the couples that that wasn't present, in other words, in the couples that were more like blaming each other for stuff, being hard on each other, uh, and and you know pointing out, well, you're doing this; it's your fault. Blah blah. In these couples, they found a hardening of the uh, arteries around the heart compared to the the couples that didn't. They didn't even plan to look for that. It was just uh, many of the things they were researching. They, it, it was like research that they they surprisingly found or, or findings that they, they, they found as a, as a surprise. But that's amazing. In fact, the, the title of the study, I think it's something called Hard Relationship, Hard Heart. I think, um, so you can actually Google that. It's, it'll probably come up, the, the study. So the couples and, and, or the friends or the family that show their loved ones and share gratitude with the loved ones, um, that, that it helps the loved one feel better, <laughs> obviously. And if the loved one's feeling better, then they're, they're often nicer and kinder and, and, and feeling appreciated and all that sort of stuff. So guess what? The whole relationship just takes on a whole different dynamic. And a number of years ago, I set everyone some homework to, um, and I think it's in one of my books, maybe this book actually, because I'm gonna quote from it later, The Calm Cure. Um, but the, I, I did a there's, a, there's an exercise in I think this one, uh, which has got the five to one ratio, uh, praise rule, praise ratio where in any relationship you're going to aim to praise five to any one criticism. <laughs> and if you're not in that um, ratio, there's a high chance your criticisms aren't even getting through. So there's no point, you know, bothering because they're, they're just not being received or they're just creating that harder relationship. That, and, and we know we've already heard that that's not very helpful. So yeah, praise, praise and praise some more, which is not the first time you've heard me say that. Gratitude has been found to increase our optimism. Uh, in one study, up to 15% increase in optimism, um, which I think is pretty cool. Again, see previous comments about neurons that fire together, wire together. The optimism is a bit more general. It's more of an attitude, It's more, but it's a more of a general perception. But again, you know, wouldn't you want to be seeing a more beautiful kinder, friendly world. Gratitude is fundamental. And it's also fun. A really interesting study that I came across when it comes to gratitude is that it makes us more giving. It makes us more giving. I thought this was so cool because if you've been around for a while, you've heard my three S's, um, stillness, surrender, and service, okay? That's why I aim to live by stillness, surrender, and service. And um, we've talked about it in the Be Hero Now stuff, and there's Be Hero Now uh, meditation you can use to cultivate the uh, stillness, surrender, and service uh, traits um, and engagement with life. So what gratitude does is it makes us more service-orientated. Yeah, even to strangers. That's the bit I really loved. It makes us more service-orientated, even to strangers. So. I love how like gratitude can make it such a kinder world to people that we don't even know. And it can just be this ripple that goes out there. But also it makes us less materialistic. I found that a really interesting study that found that gratitude can make us less materialistic. Um, less, um, trying, less trying to overspend, 
uh, get into debt, um, always buy, have to buy stuff all the time. Um, the more grateful we become, the more um, appreciative we are of what we already have, the less we have to um, fill a, a, a hole of always being hungry for more. Um, the less attached we are to needing to obtain more because we we are experiencing this wonderful thing called contentment. We're experiencing this wonderful thing called enoughness. <laughs> and so this need to always be buying the next thing and filling our filling our soul with shopping, um, you know, our soul-shaped hole with shopping isn't necessary uh, as much when when we're experiencing uh, a more abundant uh, present thing. It just makes sense. If the mentality is the opposite and we just look around our life and see lack and not good enough and could be better, well, obviously, there's going to be more of a, a pull and a push to buy stuff to fix that feeling when it really had nothing to do with the stuff and it was more to do with our relationship uh, with the stuff. So our relationship with life can be dramatically improved with gratitude. And finally, gratitude has been found to reduce impatience. I know. I don't know if anyone ever suffers from impatience, but I, and I would never even put that on the list unless I come across the study. Impatience and improved decision-making. Um, what, what they found with gratitude is it leads to being less driven by short-term uh, gratification. So you, because we're not being governed by trying to fix a, a feeling or a temporary lack or whatever, um, we tend to A, be more patient with things coming. We don't need it so much so soon because uh, I need to fill this void or get rid of this horrible feeling that I think is because I lack this thing or this thing is wrong, but actually it's coming because we're lacking, amongst other things, gratitude. We're able to make better decisions. It's a, a, that study was about economic decisions and say organizations and stuff. You can make more long-term better decisions that are actually not being fueled by or, or, or governed or, or pushed through by maybe not the most pure motives or reasons. And uh, also that study found that it can help or a study linked with that one that I find help, helps obviously increase our uh, our fulfillment in our career and help us find more meaning in whatever we're doing. But that was more the work we do, increase satisfaction and meaning. So quite a cool bunch of benefits. We talked about increasing, improving, uh, quite a cool bunch of benefits. Heart coherence, increased immune system, potential dropping of certain markers linked with a heart failure. And reducing, or I'd say improving blood pressure, because I think it would it'll regulate it more. I think more regulate blood pressure than necessarily reduce, because it depends on what you need. Some people need it to go up, and I'm not recommending you become critical and judgmental and frustrated and angry in order to do that. Um, I would, I would, I would imagine actually it's more of a regulating, but I, I, I didn't do. I've not done a study on that. Um, improve sleep. Uh, frequency of exercise, less depression, more happiness, neurons that wire together, fire together. Uh, life satisfaction equals greater self-esteem, greater optimism, 
more giving and service orientated, less materialistic, more patient, better decisions. I mean, hopefully, guys, you're quite happy with that introduction to why we might want to consider being a bit more grateful a bit more often. And we can all do this more. Let's be honest. This is not about any of us being self-violent or self-judgmental, but I'm pretty sure we know there's there's some space in our day that we could probably uh, aim to find things to be grateful for as opposed to uh, the opposite. So what I want us to do is do a little experiment. I'm, gonna, I'm about to launch into my eight things, eight gifts, um, to find, you know, to find gratitude and unwanted uh, life events and experiences. But I thought we could play a game as we go through tonight. And this will be an interaction for the chat box. But I don't want you just to pop uh, some the answer in the chat box. I'd love for you to actually feel the gratitude in your body as you do. So um, consider a few of the reasons why you might be answering the way you're answering. Okay, and, and let these reasons generate naturally this feeling of gratitude. So wouldn't it be cool if we could all be generating a, a, a sense of richness and gratitude as we proceed through the next half hour? Would that, would that be a nice, pretty nice plan? And we end uh, all feeling pretty good. So I'm about to go in and start talking about gifts. But before we do, I'd like you to consider a person that you can be grateful for. Let's start easy. Let's start simple. Just take a few moments right now to consider a person that you can be grateful for. And for now, it's some other person. It's not you right now. I'd like you to consider someone in your life or someone that you know or have known or whatever. Someone you're aware of. <laughs> and just take a few moments to consider why. Give yourself a few reasons and notice the natural generation of gratitude that starts to occur uh, within. My doggy Woody. That's awesome. Uh, Jean's grateful for Shirley. Lovely. Now, as you do that, as you just let yourself kind of generate these feelings, let's talk about gifts because that is the theme of the month. And uh, hopefully you can understand why when talking about gifts, we have to start talking about gratitude. Now, as always, whenever I do one of these uh, themed uh, webinars, I do like to just check the dictionary definition and see if it inspires anything. And it did this time as well. The definition of a gift is a thing given willingly to someone without payment. A present. So that is the definition. A thing given willingly to someone without payment. A present. Now, when we usually think about gifts, we usually often think about the classic gifts, like a birthday gift or a Christmas gift or, or um, I don't know what other gifts there are, moving home gifts, a new baby gift. I don't know what, but we, a, a gift. Um, but there's many, many more. And hopefully tonight and today we're going to discover uh, more. I don't know why, but I do now, but when I first read the dictionary definition, a thing given willingly to someone without payment, I was reminded 
of a, a paragraph in my cam cure book. Do you mind if I read it to you? And maybe you'll make the connection too. It's right at the beginning called, uh, in chapter one, <laughs> life is happening. We can't deny it, however hard we may try. There are many opinions on the purpose of life. Some say it's to learn how to love or be of service to our fellow man. Scientists have offered an array of hypotheses, including procreation, survival, or evolution of the species. While spiritual teachers have suggested the purpose of life is to know thyself and wake up to enlightenment. All of these purposes are valid and of merit and relevance here. However, if we begin by bringing it back to basics, without beliefs or opinions, one thing for sure is life is happening. And we only get to hang out on this planet for a very limited time. It makes sense, therefore, to aim to experience as much of life as humanly possible. And then I pose a question. Are you willing to experience all of life or just some of it? Now, the reason that that part of this book came to me when I read that definition of gifts, a thing given willingly to someone without payment, a present. I couldn't help making the, the leap or the small step to that life is happening. Life is being given to us always. Like life is just one big gift. It's coming all the time, gift after gift after gift. We can either receive it with gratitude and joy and play and make a pleasure out of even potentially problematic things, or we can reject it with judgment, criticism, an attitude of lack and wrongness and bitterness. In my experience, the more I play with the three S's that I talked about earlier, stillness, surrender, and service, the more life feels like it's a conveyor belt just delivering constantly. <laughs> now, yes, there's some human endeavors that do try to make us have to pay to be born, like <laughs> taxis and all that sort of stuff. But beyond that man-made stuff, we can't deny that life is happening. It is being freely given constantly. And our life is made up of a series of gifts that we either reject and try to return to sender and good luck with that, or we welcome. We find the stone and it's a bit rough, but we, we polish it and see if there's a diamond in there. We try to find the gifts in uh, each and every moment. So that's really the space I'm coming from. I'm talking about gifts. What if we get to a point where in this convertible of life that's constantly moving towards us, which is more of our experience when we surrender the egoic separate doer that constantly thinks that it's doing everything and it's creating everything and I'm making my life happen. But the more you just let go and the more you play with 
observing and resting into awareness and find the balance between being and doing, the more we see that life is happening. <laughs> we can deny it. Well, we can, but it usually creates pain, suffering, and uh, these downward spiraling emotions I referred to earlier. So let's find the gifts in the unwanted, the classically unwanted situations and experiences. Now, I've never shared this before, so it could be completely go pear-shaped, but we'll probably find gratitude in there somewhere, even if it does go on to an unexpected way. But I've never actually shared this before, but so bear with me, but I hope it makes sense. Okay, I got eight things, and we're going to intersperse it with being grateful for different things as we go throughout the rest of our time together. Number one, disease can create ease and harmony. So I know disease isn't pleasant. I know illness it can be really uncomfortable. It can, there can be fear involved. It can be scary. It can, it can impact our ability to, 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 to live the life that we, we think we, we want. At the same time, if we take that dirty rock of <laughs> a disease and go, what's in this for me? There can often be some kind of wake-up call. There can often be um, an invitation to change something uh, that we would never have got if we hadn't got the disease that was highlighting the lack of ease somewhere, uh, the lack of flow, the lack of alignment with our, our hearts, our heart, um, a lack of living our purpose. If we, if we hadn't had that disease and they hadn't had that wake-up call, then maybe, just maybe, um, we, we, we might have missed something far greater. Um, what I've found personally is, and this is one of the most wonderful gifts that I've experienced whenever I've been uh, had health stuff, and I've seen it in many, many people who have had health things, is that it can be the biggest invitation to step into an um, to step in and, and create an uncompromised life. It can be one of the greatest motivations. It, it's like, you know, compromise is kind of comes knocking and, and it needs to get louder through some kind of dis-ease to really go, you know what? I literally can't keep living this way. <laughs> like, I it's super important to make this shift, to find greater peace, to find forgiveness, to find uh, where I'm playing small, where I'm off purpose, all that sort of stuff can come. So does that, is that clear, guys? Do you, do you get where I might be going with this kind of thing? I know that this might not be brand new for some of you, but maybe it might just light something more in your heart that helps, uh, helps you live the most uncompromised life possible. And remember, compromise is where we continue to be and do and have stuff that we know in our heart or hearts isn't for us ever or anymore. It's not for us. It doesn't bring us joy. Doesn't bring us. It brings us the lack, of, uh, the opposite of peace. Um, and at some level, we know that you know I need to shift this thing in my career, or my relationship, or where I'm living, or what I'm eating, or how I'm taking care of my body, or my exercise. Something. You know, that question, where in your life are you compromising? Um, I've asked it before, and I love that question because the irony for me, for example, was I 
learned it from ascension meditation and then i had to use that question to get out <laughs> of the thing that actually where i'd learned the question but it become a compromise for me you know and so where in your life are you compromising is not a question for your head it's a question that your heart has an answer for immediately if there's an answer there's not always an answer sometimes we do end up living compromise free and sometimes we need to ask yourself every so often just checking in where in my life am i compromising and then it's so important to remember that we can't buy our head in the metaphorical sand when it comes to compromise like the heart just becomes louder the the more you bury your head it's like it gets louder um no matter of trying to convince yourself or you know I, when i've been compromised in the past i've done like pros and con lists and cons you know pros and cons lists to try to you know convince myself oh no it's fine really this it's good but that these pros and cons lists they that they, that they're they're like a head thing your heart already knows the answer right and if we not listen to the heart then we usually have to listen to the body and that's where the disease can come in so that's why disease can be an amazing uh, gift for us is that clear okay moving on number two confusion can create clarity so this problem of confusion can actually bring us the gift of clarity confusion is often a, a, an invitation and a reminder to stop overthinking <laughs> stop over controlling stop over managing things stop trying to figure everything out stop trying to know things before their time to be known stop pushing the hand of divine timing but i want to know now i'm sorry you gotta have a little bit more life first you gotta live a little bit more and the answer will appear when it's good and ready not when you think you're ready and believe it or not the answer appears when you're ready <laughs> so stop forcing trying to be ready too soon confusion comes from forcing the hand of creativity forcing the hand of of trying to know something uh, before it's time and there's a, a quote that I've, I've shared a few times uh, on insta or you know social media stuff it says confusion comes from overthinking and overmanaging life Clarity comes from letting go of trying to work everything out and being present enough to see the guidance that life is already giving you. Now, that guidance might not be the answer. Okay, let me be clear on that. I didn't say the answer. <laughs> guidance. If you're confused about something, the funny thing is if you just let go of trying to figure that out, life is guiding you to do something now, though. There is something, and it might not be to figure this thing out quite yet. But there'll be guidance to do something and if you do that and you follow the breadcrumbs -da, often the clarity comes but it can come even sooner if we stop overthinking so confusion can create clarity because well it's a big red light big red warning sign going hey are you overthinking things are you trying to know stuff before it's time to be known divine timing is is does appear to be a natural law it's a universal law it's not just a spiritual law it just seems to be happening naturally and uh, it's happening even when you're not noticing it or you think that divine timing is kind of 
got a bit slow or whatever, <laughs> or fast sometimes. Sometimes decisions come before we wanted them. <laughs> I remember re massively resisting a relationship breakup until, re until I realized that, uh, to be honest, I was probably going to want to split up with them anyway. It just wasn't on my timeline. <laughs> Whoops. Okay, number three. Conflict can create connection. Conflict can actually create the gift of connection. And I think we don't need to labor this subject, but you do know that these difficult people can give us so much. Yeah. In fact, I've learned a lot more, a lot more really from the difficult people than the ones I find it easy to get onto. And we just have a lot of fun and we might have things in common. We might have nice conversations, but the things I've learned the most from have been the, the people I wouldn't actually call a gift. Let's put it that way. But if we can, <laughs> if we can start to move towards the possibility, then we can start to be less judgmental. Um, we can start to see the diamonds in the rough, you know. Um, again, sometimes the gift is actually learning to stand up for yourself. Sometimes it's forgiveness. Sometimes it's loving yourself enough to leave, step away from something, or at least speak up for yourself and see what happens next. But we're often just naturally as pack animals, you know, humans, we're often, you know, kind of conflict averse, but, you know, conflict can bring to the surface stuff that really can become super rotten if it's not got rid of sooner rather than later. Is that okay? That makes sense? Cool. How are you guys doing? I can see Beth at the top of my screen. Are you okay, Beth? You having a nice time? Cool. I can see Claire, Sandy, Angela, Kristen. Hello there. Thanks for all the smiles. You've been really encouraging today. Let's move on to the next uh, little part of our, our uh, gratitude audit. A place. Bring to mind a place that you're grateful for. Um, it could be a park bench. It could be a beach you visited once. Um, it could be, for me, Lochern in Scotland. It's what my... A place I always try to get to every time I visit Scotland. It's just, it's where I was. I was raised a lot of the time uh, there as a kid. Uh, I just love Lochern. If I, someone, if I was put on the spot and someone said, a place where you had to be appreciative, I would start bringing to mind Lochern and the loch and the, and the birds and the mountains all wrapped around this loch and the calm day, this crystal glass days where the mountains reflecting and and then I would just naturally meander into when I used to mono ski and I'd be going behind my the jet bike and mono skiing and pulling out of the wake and it was crystal clear and the mountains are reflecting and it's all you hear is the shh, 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 shh of my ski as it goes over the water and ah, oh, and the gratitude just builds up. And you notice something about gratitude? It's really hard to experience fear and gratitude at the same time. Top tip. So, guys, we've got Claire's back garden. Lovely. Can it be a place that doesn't exist anymore? Absolutely, Jana. It can be any place that it just sparks something. 
a place that you can just go, oh, I love that place because of this and this and this, and oh, that's really nice. And, and just naturally the gratitude starts generating. And we've learned already that that can start getting heart coherence and it can start boosting our immune system and it can start lifting our mood and it can start neurons that wire together, fire together, no, fire together, wire together. Um, and all that stuff is happening all behind the scenes. This is you start enjoying that place. But isn't that thinking? Yes. But you know what? There's nothing wrong with thinking. I've already, I've tried to say this so many times. It's the unconscious thinking. It's the uncontrollable thinking. It's the compulsion to think. It's the thinking yourself all day. Yeah, that's not so helpful. Mind mastery is not never thinking. Thinking can be an amazing tool. It can also be amazing to know how to put thinking down, to be in stillness to operate from intuition and wisdom when it's useful and all that sort of stuff. So just so you know, if anyone's worried about, but if I'm grateful, I can't be grateful because then I'm thinking. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. That is intended thinking for a particular purpose that is beneficial. That's, that's, that's really good, useful. Um, we've got um, Green Mountains of Vermont. Oh, lovely. Lovely, Kirsten. The Vale of Snow Waterfall in South Wales. Cool. We're getting some uh, top tips of places to visit. Um, Madeira and the beautiful flowers. Mm, Madeira. Nice. So let yourself just feel it. the gratitude as you consider um, that uh, pl place that you're grateful, you're grateful for. Number four in our finding the gifts in unwanted life situations and experiences. Discontentment can create creativity and change. Discontentment, um, although it can seem just like it's just bad. Oh, discontentment can be a, a wonderful motivator towards movement. And it can generate energy, which as long as you don't just dwell on the discontentment and you actually aim to direct it, uh, can lead to uh, creativity, uh, new ideas, new possibilities. Um, so discontentment <clears throat> can be actually a gift if you don't dwell on it and you don't just stick in it, you don't just start moaning all day. You actually notice a discontentment and go, oh, what's that all about? It's an invitation to maybe shift something, change something, improve something, um, improve my relationship with something. But it's an invitation for something. If not, well, I'm just stuck, discontent. That, that's not helpful. And that's just picking up the rock and just sitting with it. <laughs> no, we want to uh, polish that rock and see what it is. Number five, fear can create freedom. Fear can create freedom. in so many ways. But number one, fear can be a signal and a sign and a wake-up call that we're caught up in our mind, we're in future thoughts, we're, in think we're dwelling on worst-case scenarios, uh, scary potentials, um, and we're basically out of our real self, we're, you know, we're out of the moment and, and we're in our mind. So fear can actually create freedom because, well, when we realize that, we can come back to where freedom re resides, which is, which is here. 
beyond uh, future fearful thinking. But fear is also a, a very powerful energy that can be a very powerful force for good. If we breathe into it, we let it rise up and we ride on its coattails to say whatever needs said, do whatever needs done um, or whatever, take some kind of action with that energy. <laughs> I, I, I would want to have some fear in an emergency, for example. And that's, you know, there's many times I'd want some fear. But it's really helpful. It kind of makes you on high alert, and and you're ready, and you've got the you got the adrenaline, you've got the power in your muscles, you've got whatever you need to 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 do something. But short of coming across a saber toothed tiger, fear can also serve a similar role, raising that energy up. And I just I've said it before, and I'll say it again because it's such a misused sorry I should say an underused energy an underused force for good um these short bursts where you kind of go oh right okay i really gotta do something about this um and i i, I experienced fear during my recent change it was it was an energy of what would be called fear but it was so enlivening as well and it, i need that energy i need that energy to have the power to to do what needs need done and say what needs said and stand up for what I believed in and all the rest of it. Um, it was it was a highly energetic uh, time, but it led to more freedom. Number six, letdowns can create life lessons. You might have expected me to cover this one, but um, anything in the past that might have been a uh, uh, we consider it as a letdown, there's often a life lesson in it. And I don't need to dwell this one because we, we know this all too well. If someone has let you down, um, it can be an opportunity to, you know, maybe purify your perceptions about what happened. It can be an opportunity uh, for you to forgive. It can be an opportunity to strengthen your uh, compassion abilities. Um, it can be an opportunity for you to widen the scope of, of the letdown and see the, you know, the bigger picture and what was else going on there that I'm not taking account of. So I can understand universally what was going on for, for, for everyone in this uh, situation. Remember the, the quote that I share a couple of times a year, sometimes not getting what you think you want. It's a wonderful talk of luck. I'll say that less Scottish. Sometimes not getting what you think you want is a wonderful stroke of luck, Dalai Lama. Um, for me, like that quote is perfect for the whole idea of letdowns, feeling let down. Okay, let's go back to, well, actually that, this is perfect. I hadn't even, hadn't even planned this, but the next thing on our gratitude audit is a past event, a past event. It can be a challenging event that turned out to be great, or it can be a fun event that was always fun that you're grateful for having. But just take a few moments to consider a past event that you can be grateful for and why. What, what, did it, what was it about it that you can be grateful for? Get a few reasons for it.
if it was a, originally a challenging event, then what was the lessons? What did it teach you? How did it help you? How did it motivate you to move or change something or end up somewhere else? How did it define you? How did it help you to really confirm your values, your principles, what you stand for? All of that stuff. We need the contrast to go, that's not okay for me. <laughs> I'm grateful that I effed up that time because if I hadn't, I wouldn't have known my values. I wouldn't have known that actually that's not okay. That sort of behavior is not how I want to be. And guess what? I have been, to the best of my ability, a better person ever since. Wow. That thing I felt guilt for so long actually helped me be a better person. Thank you, that event. Thank you. But I need that event to know. I didn't come here having learned everything pre, you know, in the box. I, I was born and then I started the learning of what, <laughs> who do I want to be in this world? And we're still learning. I'm still learning. Hopefully we're all still learning. Who do I want to be today? And often it's the past events that have got us to a place where we know this better version of ourselves that we want to be today. And please don't dwell on me using judgmental words like better and stuff. There's a context to what I'm saying. And I, I do want to be better all the time. Otherwise, what's the point of having tomorrow? I want to grow. I want to evolve. I want to be kinder, be more loving, be more free. I, I want to be able to be that way. But that's just me. So have a think about a past event that you can be grateful for. And it can be a party. It can be a holiday. It can be a nice moment. It can be, an, be having a child or becoming engaged or getting the divorce, depending on which end of the spectrum you're at. It can be any of these things. But just take a moment to consider the reasons why you're grateful for that. It served you so well. It's a gift. And it's nice to appreciate that gift from the, the ever-giving life that provided that, free of charge, with no payment. It was a present. And life's going, but they wanted to learn how to experience more peace. So I gave them events to be experience more peace, and they're not happy with it. I don't, life is very confused because it's giving you all these people to help you learn how to be more peaceful. And you keep pushing the gifts away so that you can actually get the thing you really want. It's, it can be very confusing for life. I, I was chatting with life the other day and it was saying, it's very confused. Lots of people are trying to give all the time and people are always pushing away all these gifts all the time. So we're even serving life by letting it, you know, move from confusion to clarity by us learning uh, to receive more as gifts. Now, again, there are some things that happen that I'm not inviting you to have to apply this principle to everything. Okay. Okay. This is a festive, fun, uh, hopefully inspiring and, and feel good uh, session that I want to have uh, with you guys today. And there may be these things that are a bit more challenges to apply gratitude to. And I honor that. And that's what therapy's for. That's what uh, more advanced techniques are for than, than, uh, than what we're talking about here. But just there may be gifts in there. There may be gifts in there for you. 
<sighs> Jenna says, brimming with feel-good feelings. Thank you, Sandy. Awesome. Mission accomplished. Um, all right. Moving on. Number seven, hurt can create healing. Hurt can create healing. Remember, healing is a return to wholeness. The definition of the word, the, the, at the root of the word healing is wholeness. When we're hurt, there's often separation, isolation, victimhood, me versus them. Um, we have often disconnected from who we really are, our big self, our real self, our immortal self, our invincible self, our unhurtable self. <clears throat> We've often disconnected, not intentionally. We just fell asleep. But hurt can bring us back to healing, bring us back to wholeness. As long as you don't just meander around and moan about the hurt and why they hurt me. Instead of why they hurt me, focus on why am I hurt? What, what really happened for the hurt to even become possible? Did I take it personally? Did I take it seriously? Did I, did I, did I um, go back into a, a mini me, an identity? Are my values offended? My beliefs offended? Is my mind offended? Am I still trying to keep my mind happy and protect my mind from ever being hurt ever again? What did what at how you know what really happened for the hurt to become possible? I'm not giving free free right to people that are mean and hurt people. That's not what I'm saying. But I don't want you to live unnecessarily with hurt on a chronic level. So remember the aspect of yourself that is unhurtable, the mechanics behind how hurt becomes possible, and um, return to wholeness. I'd like you to consider and bring to mind an object or a thing which you can be grateful for. A physical object, something in your physical world, an object or a thing. It might be a piece of jewelry or a piece of art. It could be your the cup that you have your morning coffee in. It could be a tree that you can see outside your window. There you go. I see your boss at the top of my screen with a big boss mug. Um, just in case there's any confusion with anyone else living in the house. Good morning. There you got the word boss written on your mug. Um, an object, something that we might have taken for granted because it's just there, but it can take a few moments just to be appreciative of that object, that thing. You can create um, what's called anchors throughout your day that bring, that trigger more gratitude for you. What does that mean? Well, let's say you do like your morning cup uh, that you have your coffee in or your green juice or whatever you do, hot water and lemon. Um, and you take a moment to appreciate it and you, and you, and you generate the feeling. Oh, it's really nice, I really like this, it's so nice and someone took the time and it's pretty and it feels good in my hand. And I, 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 had, that, I, had, that, I had that moment where I had this mug and I was watching the sunrise that day, it was really beautiful. And so we just start you know, feeling this gratitude. Guess what happens the next day you go for that mug? 
there's a memory of that. Now, if you were to do it the next day and a couple of days, before you know it, you've created an anchor that's going to just produce some a little of gratitude, a little puff of gratitude when you reach for that mug. But what if you did that with a few objects around the place that every time you saw them, boom, it just triggers gratitude, triggers gratitude, triggers gratitude. See where I'm going with this? It's really not a complicated strategy to bring a more beautiful world and a more abundant world and a more rich world uh, to, to you. So it's pretty cool. Um, hate to say this, but my laptop. No, it's great. I understand. Um, keeps you connected to friends and family, especially with the old you know, lockdowns or travel restrictions and things. I can totally understand why the laptop. Um, Caroline says, my late granddad's Victorian lamp, which I love and reminds me of him. Oh, lovely. A white furry hot water bottle that makes me feel lovely and warm on the cold evenings. A hug in a bottle. My goodness, do they have that? Is that the slogan or you should, you should copyright that? TM it and sell it to some hot water bottle company. Um, awesome. Beautiful. <clears throat> and finally, stress can be a gift because it can create stillness. Stress is, uh, for me, a wonderful gift because it reminds me to uh, make peace my priority again. It's a reminder to return to my real self. It's a reminder for me to not take life too seriously and too personally. Um, one of the best things I did learn in the last 10 years was to take life a little bit less seriously every day. I think that's fantastic homework to play with. Take life a little bit seriously every day. What's taking life seriously? Our ego, our mind, our serious self, not our real self. And uh, it's, a, it's a very deep spiritual technique, practice, to intend to take life a little bit less seriously every day. And stress can help that. Um, because when we're stressed, we're usually taking something seriously, something personally. We're making, usually making something important. We're usually making something more important than our peace, that's for sure. No? Mm, sorry. But when you know how to experience peace, which you all do, those in my club, you all know, my academy members, academy students, you all know, you know how to touch peace anytime you want. When you know how to experience peace, it becomes a matter of priorities. And so when we find stress building and we're getting all stressed out, it can actually, there can be a gift in that because we're seeing something that we're making more important than peace. We're seeing the distractions that pull us away from our real self and get us caught up in our mind instead of the real moment. So stress can be a gift. Hurt can be a gift. Letdowns can be a gift. Fear can be a gift. Discontentment can be a gift. Conflict can be a gift. Confusion can be a gift. And even disease, illness, and sickness can be a, a gift. Um, it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of opinion. If, if you don't want to hold this same opinion, go right ahead. See how that works out for you. I love you either way. 
But as we purify our perceptions, as we start to not just be holding on to the roads, going, this is hurting, but actually we take a step back and start to see the bigger picture play that's playing out of this game of life that's just coming towards us, being given to us constantly, we start to see the rose. We start to see the full beauty and gift within everything. So thank you very much. I hope you have enjoyed our conversation on gifts and gratitude. Uh, like I say, um, the ultimate gift is obviously the present moment. There's no coincidence as to why it's called the present. All that's required to receive that gift is a wide open heart, which I know can take courage, but it's much harder to live with a closed heart than an open one, I promise you. And you also, to receive the gift of the present moment, we have to have an unwavering willingness to give our undivided attention to the present to the gift that's being given willingly, constantly. And as they say, if you've taken for granted, you, you've usually taken too much. And as we move into this uh, more grateful way of being, naturally we move into richness, naturally move into abundance. Naturally the belief that something's wrong with me and life starts to uh, burn up and fall away. Naturally, we start to experience the perfection of life as it unfolds, even if the world's wacky and other people are have different opinions and all that sort of stuff. There's a gift in it for you every time you have a problem with it. <laughs> every time. And so I, I urge you to take the rock, polish it, and find the diamond. Polish it and find the diamond. Um, there's uh, value in everything. So um, I will be back to share with you a beautiful meditation uh, for generating uh, more gratitude. Um, you have enough to play with right now. I invite you to play with uh, considering a person, a place, a past or future event, an object that you can be grateful for. But what I really want to make sure that you we end tonight on is you just take a moment to be grateful for you. You're amazing. You're still here. You have been through so much. You've endured so much. You're so resilient. You're so powerful. You're so strong. I'm in awe of you. Aunt, really. You're not paying me to say this. It's my heart exploding with gratitude for just how amazing you are. And you're still here, graceful, wanting purity, wanting peace, wanting to love better, wanting to know yourself more, wanting to be a better friend, family member, whatever. It's, it's awe-inspiring, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Um, I'm so grateful you're a part of this club, and I cannot wait uh, to um, see you next time. And until then, I wish you infinite peace and limitless love. Bye for now. <laughs>